It's Big Chuck from Elite Eight Showdown. Hey, did you know that the podcast you're about to listen to is part of the Professional Casual Network? You can find all of our podcasts over at professionalcasual.com. The Professional Casual Network has gear. Check out teespring.com slash store slash professional casual for fresh new swag. A huge shout out to our sponsor, beardeddragongames.online. Pick up all your local game store goodness from Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder, or Wafurp 4th Edition, as well as terrain, paints, board games, comics, and more. Make sure to use code PROFESSIONALCASUAL at checkout for free domestic shipping or PCME10 for 10% off your total order at beardeddragongames.online. Also, a special thanks to Built Bar for sponsoring the show. To get 10% off your order and to help support the show, use code PROFESSIONALCASUAL at checkout or use the link in the show notes. True believers, we are super excited for a very special episode of Wait, Did I Roll a Wild? Your Marvel Crisis Protocol vlog. And we are joined this evening uh, by a very special guest, Mr. Hank Edley, one of the directors of Adepticon. It has come to uh, honestly overhype us because we're already at the point where it's pretty much all we talk about. We yep. have three separate uh, group chats specifically mm-hmm. about going to Adepticon. Uh, I, I honestly don't think uh, as, a, as a whole, as a networker, as a show, we've been more excited for any yep. other single individual thing ever. Yes. Outside um, of the fact when they they brought out the the spicy version of the Doritos Locos tacos that right. I mean, that's it was way up tier. there. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yeah. But this has a very different, um, sensation in my stomach. Correct. Than those did. So, and I'm for that, I am grateful, <laughs> you know, yes, very much so, but, uh, welcome. Thank you for joining us, Hank. Uh, tell us uh, a little about yourself. Sure. Thanks, Tim. Um, one, thanks for having me on. Um, you know, we're, you know, kind of in the home stretch of, uh, of working on Adepticon for this year. So it's been a long, a long break from doing this show due to COVID, but um, happy to be here with you. And uh, I really appreciate uh, the professional casual group, uh, you know, working with Adepticon to come out and cover the Marvel Crisis Protocol events. Um, myself, I guess, just brief introduction. I'm the, I'm one of the directors of the convention. Um, myself and Matt Weeks um, are, you know, two of the the folks that run the show. We have about, you know, 120 plus volunteers that uh, are involved in putting on Adepticon every year. Um, I started wargaming, boy, when I was, you know, 12 years old or whatever it was, and uh, went to my first convention, you know, when I was 16, and uh, now I'm, you know married four kids and uh in my 20th year of running adepticon so wow um, the history of stuff do you get like a pin or a plaque at 20 years or is it no. like, are you the unsung hero no no <laughs> uh doesn't seem like that long ago i mean uh my wife can tell some stories about uh you know raising four boys uh why i'm trying to run the show and you know the the times when uh you know, she was due with one of our kids two weeks uh, before the convention or, you know, all that kind of fun stuff. Wow. So I guess with four boys at any point, instead of like bronzing baby booties, did you get them custom Adepticon like objective markers or what's the go to there? 
Well, it definitely um, sped up the need to actually do some like child merchandise for Adepticon. So we do shirts and and hoodies and all that kind of stuff. So there there became a very quick demand for you know kid sizes uh, of of Adepticon merch every year, and that's expanded, I guess. So there's there's that, and then I think my wife even did like a onesie or something for for one of them once, but that was a long time ago. So with so I guess with how COVID has affected Adepticon over the last few years, um, is this really going to be kind of one of the first years that Marvel Crisis Protocol, as far as the physical convention goes, uh, has has been there? Has there been MCP in in the past, or has it been kind of only on the online component? No, that's 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 a great question, honestly. Um, yeah, I mean, we were right up to um, you know going to hold Adepticon in twenty twenty. Um, we were prepared to do that. We had been working with um, Asmodee and Atomic Mass Games and, and Fantasy Flight at that point in time as well to put on the events uh, for Adepticon 2020. And uh, we ended up canceling Adepticon like three weeks before the show. You know, So um, we had been working kind of like what we had done with Fantasy Flight and launching Legion to be the first event to have a Marvel Crisis Protocol event and work with Atomic Mass Games. In fact, they were going to come. You know, one of the most bizarre things was when uh, when Dallas uh, contacted me about their interest in running events at Adepticon. You know, most most places contact me and they're like, "Hey, we want to run this big tournament." Dallas has contacted me and is like, "Hey, I want to run this great painting competition. We're going to call it the Worthy," and uh, it was just really kind of a different approach. But, you know, we went, we immediately went to work that year to get some tables ready to run Marvel Crisis Protocol. So we did a bunch of prep work to do, the, you know, all that release kit stuff. I mean, I guess it's been two years now, but, you know, all that New York City terrain, the initial train kits, um, un, you know, kind of unknown what the game would be or what, you know, how that would uh, all play out. And uh, then COVID hit. So all that got shelved. Man, I'll say too. Um, I've seen some of the the pictures uh, that the Adepticon Facebook and stuff have been posting, and some of the stuff that you've sent us as well of just the absolutely massive uh, assembly line that you guys must have to get all the terrain ready for. So, like, I guess between each hall altogether, how many tables of terrain have you guys assembled, painted, and uh, workshopped? Oh, I mean, we have probably well over 600 tables of terrain across the entire show. We run 500 plus events, um, hobby seminars and everything like that. Um, I mean, if you want to want to talk about it in terms, I just I just loaded a 53 foot trailer with pretty much nothing but totes of terrain. Um, and I still have probably half a trailer to load. Um, <laughs> we built... You know, every year we build an enormous amount of terrain and and uh, we're very fortunate that we have, you know, a dedicated group of, of talented uh, hobbyists um, that that help out. And, um, you know, to me, it's an important you know, very important piece of, of Adepticon. Like you're coming to that show. We want to put something in front of you that isn't something that you have. Not that, you know the community doesn't have great tables or that the community doesn't have, you know, great playing environments, but we definitely want the experience of coming to Adepticon to be something that you can't have 
you know, at home at your gaming table or even right. at your local home store. Yeah. We want to, you know, so we, we, we take that very seriously and uh, make sure that we put on a quality, quality show. Well, I mean, we're absolutely stoked and looking at some of the events that are going to be played throughout the week, there are a, a couple kind of large standouts for me. I have been absolutely chomping at the bit looking at the what if mm-hmm. event on, uh, I believe, the first day of the MCP tournaments, a, a snake draft where effectively there's two copies of every model. And it looks like pretty much nearly everyone will get drafted, but your leader gives their affiliation ability to whoever you have. Yeah. So seeing just a random cavalcade of characters with a Thanos Black Order or... I mean, really anything. Miles Morales, Web Warriors. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that that event will will certainly be, you know, a little little crazy. I'm sure it'll 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 be very interesting to see, you know, what what player strategies are when they go in to, to do the draft. And a lot of that will be based on your you know draft order. And, you know, you know I'm sure folks are going to try to work out like, you know, these are the models they want to select. Um I think for this year, there's only going to be one model of every type available. Um, you know, okay. could, poor Mike. Is, excuse me. Poor Mike is trying desperately to get uh, every model release uh, painted. Uh, oh wow! Um, so, but um, yeah, I mean that that event, I think, is going to be very very entertaining and interesting to kind of see how that plays out. I'm excited just for the drafting portion itself to see how quickly Bullseye gets drafted, <laughs> to see yeah. how, how long it takes Groot to get pulled. Right. Like, I think there's going to be a lot of really cool. Uh, I don't know. It's just going to be really fun to watch. Yeah. It's like watching the NFL draft, except Bullseye's there. You know, and it's like more exciting because I actually know these characters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know people from the NFL. <laughs> right. Uh, and this is such like a like I imagine. I know that you took like the, your power bottom 10 when we did the Infinity League. Yeah. I can absolutely see like Tim, like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to spice things up. We're going to do a snake draft this time. Like, it's just so like, oh, yeah, 100% like wild card and like a lot more on skill than building like your meta list, which I, I adore that so much. I think that we'll see a lot of like skilled players and so much more adaptability. Yeah. So that'll be really fun to watch and to cover. You know, and that's what Adepticon is really all about. Adept, Adepticon. Adepticon ability. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Which is both accountability and adaptive. You know, it's, yeah, it's really, yeah. you know, it, yeah. there you go. it's everything in one. Um, but yeah, just specifically, I, I want to see who takes bangers like Ultron or mm-hmm. just uh, even uh, I, I'm overwhelmed with the thing yeah. that I, I'm excited to see on the table that we never get to see. Um, For sure. Like Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> just, just Hulk. Just Hulk. Really any one of them. Oh, uh, Hulk Buster. Well, if you've ever drafted, you know, in other formats like a like a fantasy football league, you know, there's always somebody there that like forgets to draft a kicker or something. Uh-huh. So, you uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what people ultimately kind of get stuck with, um, you know, towards the end. And uh, you know, certainly making sure you get a leader off the board is is probably yeah. going to be be key. Like drafting a quarterback out of the gate in a in fantasy right. football. How long do you wait? Right. Yeah. yeah. I've definitely done fantasy football drafts where someone drafted a kicker in like the second round. It's like what? So like, who's going to be the kicker of MCP? Like, who's yeah. drafting a Koye first round? 
Right. We're like solid, but not someone you want to draft first round. Yeah, I think two-pointers are yeah. kind of the clutch kicker. You yeah. need them. You yep. absolutely need to have one. Yeah. But eh, Yeah, you can't is that first so pick high. over a leader. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Uh, yeah, it should, should be interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the team tournament. There's open play. It looks like throughout the entire week. Um, yeah. And then the contest of champions, the big two-day tournament. Oof. Correct. Um, and it, it looks like that one was full or, or just about to be full as far as the amount of people that could sign up for it. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we originally set the slots at 64 players in that event. That event sold out and had, had a pretty considerable wait list. And, you know, we did some soul searching. Um, I twisted some arms on some additional terrain. Uh, we put a call out to the community to, you know, if they have a, you know, if, if you're out there and you're coming uh, and, you, and you have a great table that you've worked on and built uh, and you want to bring it and share it with the Marvel Crisis Protocol community, you know, reach out and, and let us know. But um, yeah, it's it's right now at seven, I think 76 players and there's still, there's still a double digit wait list for that event. Um, wow. It's really putting a strain on our table, um, you know, our table collection, even though we painted you know, 40 plus tables of Marvel Crisis Protocol. So that's um, truly yeah. incredible. Hank, I know that you said you've been wargaming um, from, you know, back in the day. I know Dan's been he was like a, you know, tabletop Warhammer fantasy battle, you know, back when we first started college. And like just the sheer magnitude of that, like 70 some odd just players, not like matchups. But oh, my God, that's it's just I know, like thinking of the number, I'm like, wow, that's that's crazy. But like just the sheer magnitude, just like seeing that is going to be like yeah. otherworldly. I'm so incredibly excited. And that's MCP is going to be like a drop in the bucket at this thing, mm -hmm. you know. So just, oh, man, that's so exciting. Are there any other games that where this will kind of be their their first introduction to Adepticon being there in person? Um, well, I mean, we never got a chance. So back in 2020 and prep for 2020, we had painted um, a lot of uh, the, the, the core set for Marvel Crisis Protocol. And the other thing we were doing, we were getting ready to launch Warcry at Adepticon. And so we painted a bunch of the initial Warcry terrain. And uh, so that's going to be the, this will be the first time that that stuff sees the table. And I don't know of, you know, other places that have been running Warcry events, but um, we're going to have one and uh, have a couple sessions of that. So and that's, then uh, that's when I know Big Chuck was really yeah, into. Yeah, he's was super Warcry. stoked about that. Um, yeah. Any any of the GW games where you can kind of get more use out of the same models, I absolutely adore. Mm -hmm. Same. <laughs> absolutely. Um, that's and that stuff. I mean, you know, the, the train team did a really nice job on it. So um, not 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 seeing that stuff hit the table for two years has mm -hmm. been been pretty hard especially when they released another set with new train <laughs> in the front <laughs> right it's like oh man it's not even the newest stuff anymore so so since this will be my first time going to a convention uh really at all let alone uh something on the level of adepticon mm -hmm. what's uh what would be your your number two not your first not the best piece of advice but the 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 runner-up for uh, for someone that uh, has has never been there before. Um. 
So attending to 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 play, not not coming to to work like you. Yeah, coming. Yeah, yeah coming to play. Sure. Um, I would say, um, you know, realize Adepticon's four days, and um, you know, one of the things that we see people they'll sign up for four days of all day events, and so you know, you're playing. 12 games over the weekend of 40 K or whatever, um, all weekend long. And by Sunday, you, you look like the walking dead. I mean, you're just wiped. Um, I mean, one of the things we learned pretty early on was to try to have some half day events and the seminars and the board game library, you know, give your, don't feel like you have to cram every hour of that time you're there into actually playing a tournament. Um, there's, there's plenty of stuff to do, even with your downtime, just walking around, checking out the vendor hall, checking out the uh, the Golden Demon competition. Um, yeah. You know, there's plenty of that stuff to do. And and um, ultimately, you're going to come, you're going to make some friends, and hopefully Adepticon becomes a, a return destination for you and the people you've met. And, you know, we have, we have teams that people that come that every year they just come back to Adepticon and they, they bring a copy of Twilight Imperium and sit and play that for hours upon hours. Yeah. Right. You know, I feel like you have to, with, with something like Twilight Imperium or uh, what's the other one, Gloomhaven or something like that. Well, yeah. That's, that's really kind of the place for it versus trying to yeah. schedule a bunch of people around yeah. work and stuff like that. I think, I mean, yeah. you're there in person, it's full send. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, as far as how you got into uh, wargaming in general, did it start with 40K for you or was there another uh, gateway into painting, assembling and playing? So, I mean, I started like most kids of the, I guess, late 70s, early 80s. And that is um, really my first miniature game was was Battletech. Um, played played Battletech. Um, you know, I was into, you know, I had... Um, role-playing and D and D. Um, I was kind of, a, I was kind of a different kid because I, I was, I would say that I was a fairly like popular social kid, but I also had my nerd friends that I hung out with and, um, we, you know, we did computer stuff and we played D and D, you know, but when I was at school, I, I wasn't really, you know, I was more interested in girls and that kind of stuff at that point in time in sports. So I kind of led two lives, um, but yeah, Battletech. Um, and then I ended up getting into Warhammer Fantasy um, and Rogue Trader 40K. And uh, that really that really clicked, played, uh, played a lot of early Necromunda. Um, yeah, and I, and I always was a historical gamer. I mean, I had, I had uh, a lot of historical stuff too, so. Um, but, you know, just to kind of give you an idea how things changed, I mean, you know, when I was a teenager, I was kind of hiding in the back corner of the lunchroom with my friends looking at D&D books, hoping nobody noticed. And my son, who's a senior in, at, at uh, high school, goes to a D&D club that has, yes. you know, 150, 160 people participating. That's oh, wow. Awesome. Oh, my gosh. I was just yeah. going to ask if your sons were into any, like, tabletop, wargaming, anything nerdy like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, they couldn't really avoid it because yeah. I kind of put them to work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, my older two, especially. So uh, I have a 
I have a freshman at, at Iowa State, and he's more of the he's more of the player. He loves to play. Mm. And then uh, my senior in at, in high school, he's he's very like much the kind of creative type. He likes he likes the the narrative and painting and the hobby side of it. Yeah, that, that's super important. Certainly nurture that because right. I have zero talent for any of that. I have fat fingers and I break models and I get real upset every single time. Just scream for Lindsay. Lindsay, please fix this. I need more glue. Are you going to take glue. Chuck through like the yeah. golden demon exhibits and be like, I want you to do that. I want you to do that. I want this one. Put a mustache on that. I Yeah. You know, it's Chuck. Chuck does a lot of very nice things for me model wise. And, sure uh, you know, it's 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 going to be my opportunity to to spoil them hopefully a little right, bit you know right yeah there you go yeah that's but really funny a couple questions from chat specifically about um it looks like D D. so what was your go-to D D class oh um well so i guess confession time um Uh-oh. i played i mean i played D D, but i very quickly switched to a world called Haran, and which is a fantasy setting put out by Columbia games and, and Robin Crosby. Um, and so I played a lot of Haran master, um, no real class system in that, but I would, you know, core D and D it absolutely would have been, uh, you know, a ranger type. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's not one, you know, I, I, I regularly forget that ranger is there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've always really enjoyed it. Yeah. I've a little bit of everything, martial and spell casting and animal companion, but, I, I guess I always expect like the big three, you know, like fighter, rogue, or uh, mage mm-hmm. in some form are normally yeah. people's answer. But Ranger's a really solid yeah. one. Um, another one from both, uh, from a couple people is uh, fantasy or, or Warhammer fantasy was a lot of people, especially here at the network's uh, intro into mm-hmm. wargaming. What was your fantasy army? Oh, Hiles. Well, uh, Original original models that I bought were that original uh, skeleton uh, chariot and a box of skeleton warriors. Okay. And I put those together. Um, but then quickly with that, uh, I think it was third edition fantasy. It was right after the the big uh, the big book. And I had the book and I put them all in sleeves. But then that third edition box that had plastic goblins and and uh, high elves. And so I had a high elf army that I was um, way too obsessed with. <laughs> Dan was a high elf player too, right? No. Well, yes, he was high elf. His brother was dark elf. Was dark elf, and Taylor was wood elves. I want to oh, say I think we had all three elf armies elf represented. I guess. I've I mean, only Dan known... had nine armies, right? So, right. I always assume I, I, I've only known Taylor as an orc player, so I just assumed that that was always the case, right? But yeah, no, that's I think that Taylor has some. Some elves. And you played... I started with Tomb, Tomb Kings, Kings, which yeah. was too technical for me. I hated I ha- hated combat resolution. And then I shifted to Skaven. Mm-hmm. So. Oh. I love my little rat men. Okay. Um, so I guess back to the Adepticon stuff. Okay. Um, what's a... Uh, What's a question? Oh, I would love to know. So you've been in charge of Adepticon for 20 years. I would love to know in the past 20 years with 
you know, technology advances and changes and evolution in the hobby. Like, what do you think are some of the biggest changes that you've seen in the last 20 years um, setting up the event? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, you know, we started off with Adepticon. Um, you know, we had a trailer full of felt, right? So it was just these big raw, you know, big bolts of colored felt that you know would fill a trailer, and we'd roll that out on on the table surfaces. We tape it off, and that was the gaming service, and we put our train on that. Um, hard to believe, right? I mean, yeah. that, mouse pad mats really sort of changed things and um you know now we're hauling three big uh you know massive like four thousand pound uh metal rolling carts with full extension drawers to to bring all the all those big super mouse pad mats to the table um that would that that's one of them for sure and then you know airbrushing is um you know brushes have always kind of been around you know the, the you know car modelers and plane modelers and you know used them before really us it, it, it airbrushing's really exploded the last i don't know i would say five six years in our hobby and, and you're seeing a lot more of of airbrushes used and in, in, to do paint work and it seems like airbrushing specifically has become significantly more accessible too yes I, it seems like people are really getting into mm -hmm. it because it's available really yep. yeah for sure yeah for sure and, yeah, but then the, probably the other the other key thing. I mean, the internet. I mean, you know, when I mean Matt Weeks. I, I'll tell this quick story. So I mean, Matt Weeks was a would go around the country. He was part of the the Games Workshop Rogue Trader Tournament series, playing in every little podunk uh, RTT tournament all around the country. You know, tabulating the scores to try to try to be the top top player back in I don't know it was like 2000, 1999, whatever it was. And, um, but, you know, back then you didn't have all the internet resourcing to, to do list building or, you know, consensus on train. So you, you'd show up, you, you know, you didn't know what missions you were playing. You didn't know what the train was going to be like. You didn't really realize what other people were thinking. And, you know, people interpreted rules differently. Um, and that's how I met Matt and got involved in, in, in Adepticon is, you know, I was playing 40K in downstate Illinois. Um, we had one of those RTT events. You know, these three guys out of Chicago came down. Matt had this beautifully painted uh, Space Wolf Army. And um, they cleaned our clock. <laughs> you know, and, you know, <laughs> I mean, they, they had such a, I mean, Matt had, you know, Matt and Jeff Chua. And I think Jay Barry was the other guy. Um, you know, Jay Barry had this Penal Legion Imperial Guard. You know, nobody seen something like that. And um, the, they just elevated the this hobby. And I'm looking up my army. I'm like, this is pretty lame. I need to I need to step it up. And so, you know, that's what we did. And we started going to events together. And then ultimately it was like, you know, uh, Games Workshop kind of decided to stop doing games days. And we were like, you know, we could put on an event that, you know, we'd want to play in. And so that's kind of what, kind of what started it all. I love that, that it was like derived by the players, not the people putting out the game. Like yeah. you knew exactly what you were looking for and what you wanted. 
um, and like the best parts of events like that. And so you could really tailor it and make it something that players from now all over the country really flock to. So that's really awesome. I feel like that's the best, the best kind of development for sure. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it seems like a long time ago, though. <laughs> it's been a while. I'll say, too, especially with, uh, you mentioned kind of a lot of list building and stuff being automated. I'm an absolute baby when it comes to mm-hmm. war games. I didn't play before those. So it's always been yeah. so foreign to me. It's like, wait, you had to like actually look up the points and do math. Oh there God. wasn't something to do it for you. That sounds terrifying. Yep. Yeah, it was. Well, I, you also had, yeah. you know, I mean, you also kind of had to figure out like what what are the synergies and 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 what are the good units, right? You didn't, yeah. you didn't have the ability to go out, uh, you know, tabletop titans or you know the art of war guys and 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 get their opinion on what the best stuff is. You kind of had to figure it out on your own. I guess so. At that point too, especially pre-internet, did. So you traveled around kind of to play games for the most Yeah, part. I mean, like, we had our you know, Games Workshop and White Dwarf kind of published a, a list of uh, RTT events back then and um, clubs. I mean, that's kind of what started for us for the Depticon uh, when we um, when we started it. I, I went to the, the club list in the back and it had a contact number for them. And I basically just started going, all right, two hour, two hour radius around where we're holding this event. I'm going to call the clubs and invite the key people there to come to the show. Um, and so that's, I did that for a couple of years, just making calls and making personal appeals to people to, to come and show up. And um, that, that was really our initial growth. And then, yeah, I mean, you, we, we had a little circuit going, there was a little up, you know, if you know anything about Illinois, um, if you reside north of I-80, uh, nothing really exists south of I-80 and uh, mm-hmm. downstate. So we had this sort of like Chicago downstate rivalry between between our 40K groups and um, you know, that fueled things for a while. And then, um, you know, we, we went from being kind of a local event to a regional event to a national event, and then now to an international event. Wow. So before you could look up rules, especially uh, rules as written and how they're intended and, and rules clarifications, regionally, were there different interpretations of the same rule? Like if you were above 80, well, they only belong oh, in wholly within. And if you were south yeah. of I-80, then. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that, that's always been one of the big challenges of, of running events, even in, even today, is that you have regional differences with how people play. Um, how you know how people interpret rules, and while you know that the internet's done some to kind of make that more consistent, um, you still have it. Um, but but back then, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I mean, I, I distinctly remember when Matt and Jay and Jeff showed up at our little spring offensive RTT. They, 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 there was a big debate about how we interpreted terrain in, in version, you know, it was, it was a third edition 40 K and how we interpreted things compared to how they interpreted things. And it was a pretty interesting discussion. Mm. Um, What's the wildest vessel that someone that you've seen someone bring to Adepticon use to house and transport an army. And what's the coolest thing you've seen someone use? 
I know I've seen Taylor use everything from cardboard boxes to entire shelves out of like a chest of drawers. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I've seen someone at the store use a pizza box. I think you're right. Yeah. They folded it inside out and I think duct taped the seams. Yeah. So I I'm sure there's got to be some wild stuff that people have brought to Adepticon. Yeah, I mean, you know, certainly, um, you know, one of the big events we do is the 40K team tournament. We also do a team tournament for AOS and, you know, that the team tournaments are really kind of our bread and butter. And those events um, really um, drive people to get creative in how they do their team presentations. So a lot of people will build these very elaborate, um, elaborate display bases that also kind of house their army and all that material. Um, most bizarre probably was the cult of, of um, the cult of Charlie Sheen. And it was a, it was a uh, 40k Slanesh themed um, army that mm -hmm. um, um, Bill Evans and uh, you know, some of, some of the folks uh, put together that team. It was, you know, that was probably before we we adopted a more um, family friendly approach to the, the convention. It was it was pretty rough, oh but it was goodness. it was, you know, definitely, <laughs> definitely not safe for work and um, highly adult entertaining. Oh, my gosh. It was bad. That was that's probably one of the most bizarre ones. And then, you know, we've had people build um, giant. uh orc cruisers for you know for their team display bases or uh you know i think <laughs> you know um like cake type tower type stuff i mean it, it it just gets crazy i mean um people just build bizarre things you want to yeah. check it out i mean i'm sure if you just searched adepticon army showcase you will you will see a ton of photos from that and because every saturday on saturday night we um we basically invite the top the top displays to reset up in the in a very public foyer area on Saturday evening, so people can go through and really and really see them. Mm. Oh, that's awesome! Like that a badge really of honor cool. being asked to that. I'm sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's um, so cool that you like really celebrate the talent like that. It's awesome. Yeah, and of course, you know, there's always the guys that have like their their little cart that's their their army transport, but then they. You know, they have some beverages underneath or a blender attached to it or whatever, right? <laughs> I mean, you see that a lot, for sure. I'll be on the lookout for that guy. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, right? <laughs> Give me that blender. <laughs> now, are there any games that you're actually going to get to play over the week? Or anything that you're looking forward to being able to actually dive into a little bit? You know, unfortunately, unfortunately, really not anymore. Um, you know, the early days of Adepticon, we still we still participated in some events. So it was, you know, maybe a three day event and we'd play one day and and run stuff on on two days. I mean, I think the last thing I played in was um, an X-Wing team event with my son. Um, I, I did that probably our last year at the West End. It was one of the first years that we ran X-Wing events. Um, you know, my, to be honest, like my hobbies really become Adepticon. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, these last two years though of COVID, I've actually gotten to actually gotten to play a little more and, um, you know, get into playing, play more games, but, 
a lot of it's time, right? For me, uh, I spend a lot of cycles to put on Adepticon uh, to organize everything. And then board games kind of have become sort of the the thing I, I can do because I can clearly kind of define, you know, this is going to take two hours yep. to yep. play yeah. it. Yeah. Now, when do you start like the planning process? Like once Adepticon 2022 is done, when will you start planning for next year? How long? How What, what does that process look like? Or are you already nailing stuff down for 2025? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, that that is I mean, we, we always kind of go into the next year having, you know, essentially things we'd like to do, things we want to do and things we have to do. And, um, I tend to look at it that way. Um, I try to have a kind of a three-year vision of where we want to take Adepticon. Um, and I mean, Adepticon's changed over the years to meet, meet community needs. Uh, you know, we're, if I'm honest, I'm, I'm, I'm already thinking about, about 2023, 2024, 2025, yeah. you know, one of the things that frustrates me, you know, people will laugh but i mean we built these 40 tables plus of marvel crisis protocol terrain and we have all the official marvel crisis crisis mats but i'm like man we don't have any good theme tables right i mean i want i want a helicarrier i want you know the art the uh, murder uh murder arcade table i want some danger rooms i want you know all the all the different sort of visuals that you can expect i'd love to have that stuff so why we've why we've done a great base for the Marble Crisis Protocol terrain. Um, I definitely have plans. You know, you'll see some dark dimension tables, which I kind of curved together there. But cool. um, yeah. actually, uh, Throwlash Gaming, who will be out there with us, uh, is starting to work on some theme tables as well. And just I don't we in the group chat just kind of talking about different things that we want to do. I think theme tables are, are really a a really I don't know maybe time consuming, but you can just go real all out yep. with something like that. Absolutely. And I think the obvious ones are, are a danger room or, you know, a high school, the X mansion, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I think you could do a lot of cool stuff. I loved seeing the, um, the arcade one on there with the little arcade faces on the ping pong, uh, not ping pong. Yeah. I'm totally stealing that. And stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Totally stealing that. Yeah. That's yeah, so cool. Sure. Yeah. It just adds like a, another level of nuance to the game where like, when it comes down to it, like you're playing with certain sizes of terrain and you can interact with those in different ways. But it's just so cool if you're playing like, you know, a Wakanda themed table and it right. got like, yeah, I don't know. It really immerses you in the game. Yeah, I mean, it totally helps with the immersion, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's I mean, if that's what you're that's why you're wargaming and playing with toy soldiers is to, you know, be in that sort yeah. of um, immersion. Um the theme tree tables really, really help sell it, right? Um, you know, I, I, I think that's one of the great things about the Star Wars property and the Marvel property for Asthma Day is that there's such a wealth of of reference to be able to build cool theme tables from. Whether yeah. it's you know all the shows that are going on, um, like I mean, we could do you know. I guess I don't want to spoil anybody on Hawkeye, but like, you know, the, the Christmas tree. Oh my uh, gosh. Yes. Oh my yeah, gosh. You could, you could, you could do all kinds of stuff based on, on, on those shows and just capture a piece of it and, and do a table. And, and, you know, I think having table competitions and, um, you know, driving that element of the hobbies, hobbies, great. Yeah. Love it. 
Um, so we have a question from chat that says, uh, who was his Marvel Crisis Protocol one character roster and why is it Venom? <laughs> have, you, have you gotten a chance to play a decent amount of MCP at all or? I have. I mean, I, I, I was playing that pretty hard um, leading up to the cancellation of Adepticon um, when it initially came out. And then, you know, really for the better part of a year, it was kind of my, my go-to game. And then I got obsessed with getting back to Adepticon organization and yeah. have sort of unfortunately fallen off since the, um, since the character card updates and uh, haven't, haven't been as, you know, as involved in paying attention to that stuff. Um, yeah. But, they really did an incredible job with those updates. Yeah, they too, did. Making they a really whole did. bunch of kind of overlooked characters absolutely viable, but there's there's really not a change they made there that I was upset with, which yep. is I, I feel super rare with some type of overhauls like that. For sure. Yeah, so I'm probably an easy market Adepticon if, you know, if somebody wants to get a game in, my, you know, I'm still going to be thinking of these characters in the pre pre-update. Mm standpoint but um yeah my uh you know when that when the x-men the original x-men stuff came out and brotherhood stuff that was my that's where i wanted to to be for sure i remember trying uh that was early in our our network days when they announced that and dan and i were sitting down here on the same camera trying to get audio to work (laughs) so we could uh live stream their reveal of that and it was just mostly us screaming, but we oh couldn't, and the God. video didn't yeah. show up yeah. on there and you couldn't yeah. hear the audio, but oh it was just God. me and him squealing about Wolverine <laughs> Cyclops. <laughs> so good. Yeah, I do. I love all of the X-Men stuff. Oh, yeah. So good. Very nostalgic for me, too, which I think is a huge reason why this game is so popular, because it it just hits those different nostalgia centers yeah. for so many different people. It's really awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Now, speaking of and and granted, you know, don't don't get in trouble by any means. But is there anything you can tell us that might be um, exclusive or exciting or unannounced that uh, might be MCP related at uh, Adepticon this year? Well, um, you know, I'm very fortunate to have you know some great relationships with um, with folks at Asmodee and and with Atomic Mass Games and. Um, you know, they've provided us with uh, some Quinjets that I have in the hands of some very talented painters that are doing those those kits up. So you'll see some Quinjets on the table at Adepticon. I don't know if that kit will be released by Adepticon or not. I know it was, what, Q1 or Q2? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Spring here. Um, and then... And the Quinjet looks incredible, Oh, my gosh, too. it looks so cool. Oh, it's, it's, it's... So it's cool. Gorgeous. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you know, we're going to have all the organized play kits, and I think that's all been announced. Uh, you know, one of the things that I would I would like to at least say is that, you know, from a from a Asmodee and Atomic Mass game side, right? They're they're still getting rolling again uh, with organized play, and so, I mean, if you look at the Star Wars stuff, um, you'll notice that they had a lot of things sitting that they had done back in 2020. Uh, that that Fantasy Flight Games had produced for for organized play that kind of got shelved for the two years of COVID. So coming back from an organized play standpoint, you know, they have that material. Well, they didn't really have that material for for Marvel Crisis Protocol yet developed. Um, But we do have some surprises there. I think, um, you know, people will will be happy with, um, 
you know, um, you know, you typically, I have to do is look at fantasy flight and what they, what they typically will do with alternate artwork cards and that kind of stuff. Mm. There'll be some of that. I can, I, I'll guarantee that. Very cool. That's exactly because we've been usually pretty floored with how good the organized play kits are. We yes. uh, absolutely oh, yeah. adore yep. those. Uh, the the symbiote one was incredible. Oh, Maximum was Carnage, so fun. I mean, even Vibranium Heist and uh, what was the more recent one? The uh, the dread the dimension of the dread Dormammu. Yeah, was just really fun. Yep, we played that one. Yeah. I think a couple times too. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then too, I guess if you if you're fortunate to have, have registered for Adepticon and gotten one of the the badge upgrades, the premium bag, you know, Asmodee has always been very generous with putting something in that bag. Um, there's definitely, um, you know, maybe you know people can do a little guessing to figure out what what character pack may be in there, but um, but we'll have some of that in in the bag uh, for those people, and then. You know, we just do a great job um, with, uh, with providing prize support. So, um, you know, generally a lot of our prizes are raffled off to, um, you know, and people will get win win their award or their, you know, we, we do medals. Um, so, you know, people win those for, you know, overall or best painted or best display or whatever. Um, but then there'll be a pool of prizes that people, you know, that are just participating will be randomly given away, that sort of thing. That's awesome. Yeah. And you were talking before about vendors. Um, like, how many vendors do you expect to have this year? Um, I think it's. I think the vendor hall has roughly eighty or so vendors in it. Okay. Um, you know, I, I I guess with COVID, right? Um, been a lot of uncertainty. Um, mm-hmm. Things have really kind of opened up here the last last month. So a lot of our vendors have been able to to confirm commitments both in, in coming and setting up and, and, and what they can provide um, support wise for the show. Um, going to be some vendors that we, we, you know, we, we normally have that, that aren't going to make it this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a full, full haul for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> so before we close out, is there one notable event that's really a, like a can't miss? MCP related, non MCP related Warhammer. What's what's the big, super cool, awesome thing that we should absolutely make sure that we check out? Well, you know, I mentioned earlier that Adepticon kind of specializes with team formats, and and we have a Marvel Crisis Protocol team format that we hope, you know, to build into a very successful event at the show. Um, the 40k team tournament is absolutely. You know, if, if you love spectacle and and awesomeness, um, that event in particular is is the can't miss. Um, and you want to get there. You know, so the forty k team tournament runs Saturday, Sunday. You you definitely want to get there early because what what happens is all the teams come, they set up their cool display bases and all their armies. A lot of people are wearing costumes or have tchotchke sort of stuff they're giving out or you know you name it it's crazy and um but 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 it's only really visible for that early morning and then it all kind of breaks up and people go and they you know play their games and that's why we do that army showcase back on the evening on saturday night was we were finding that you know one you couldn't get around and see all of it and so we really wanted to call 
out um, and and draw attention to the hard work that people put into those things because it was kind of seemed like you know it was set up for a very brief point in time. Most of the convention missed it. It was cool. Um, let's let's set it. Let's have them set it up in the hallway and let everybody you know walk past and take a look and vote on what they think's best. So the early morning 40k team tournament tailgate is really. Correct. <laughs> the place to be before the tournament yeah. starts is the thing to check yeah, out. Sure. It actually sounds super rad. Right. Especially, yeah. I mean, if people are dressed up, you got. Oh my gosh! Sign me up. Yeah. Honestly, like if there's costumes and like just that kind of wildness, I'm there. Yeah, so excited. I gotta, I gotta start. Costumes, regalia, you name it. Ah, oh, incredible! Crazy, crazy display bases. People with banners and parchment, and you name it. That's it's so insane. cool. Well, if you want to check out any more about Adepticon, please make sure to check out Adepticon.org. The convention runs this year from March 23rd to March 27th. We will be there all week. Make sure to tune in to the Twitch and make sure to give them a a follow on the socials. Uh, Hank, is there a best place outside of the main website where people can uh, check out what's going on at Adepticon? Yeah, I mean, the Adepticon Facebook page is um, is where most of our news and announcements hit, you know, our Instagram account. Um, that's generally the best place to kind of follow the news. Um, if you're coming to the show, uh, we have a we'll be releasing our mobile app here shortly, um, which is a great place to you know keep track of your schedule, get alerts on what's going on. Um, we send, you know, we send out um, notes about you know, what the, what the food special is for the day. Um, you know, what, uh, what, um, you know, what's, what's happening with raffle tickets. And, you know, we use that as a, as a very, um, you know, direct means to communicate with the people that are actually attending. And then of course, right. People that maybe can't attend Adepticon, you can follow all the, all the action on the professional casual network, at least for the Marvel Crisis Protocol stuff. <laughs> we're going to have a number of other streamers, right? Um, we got Legion streaming, we got uh, X-Wing stream, uh, Armada, all the 40K, all the AOS. Um, so it's going to be a, it's going to be a big year. Awesome. I'm excited. I can't wait. Yeah. I, it's literally consuming. Yeah. Like how uh how how hyped we are for this well well can't wait to meet you in person can't wait to be at adepticon and uh thank you so much for for joining us tonight um pleasure to be here and and looking forward to it as well um you know you're going to be working with um mike tisdale who's heading heading up the mcp events and his team and um i know it's it's going to be a great experience for everybody awesome awesome sounds good well, thank you again. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. And uh, Ravensguard and a couple of you guys, we're super excited to meet you guys at the team yeah. tournament as well. It'll be super cool. Yes. Yeah, see you soon. See you. At, see you soon, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>